Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Yeah, you know, do, doesn't it just seem like this team had more to give this season? I know it's stupid after the December they had, but then after you see them win a game against a team that just beat a playoff team like a week or two ago, just like, wasn't there more? Seemed like there should have been. Definitely should have been more. I mean, we expected, I think when this team started, when this uh, year started up, and we were going in the season with Stidham before we signed Cam Newton, I thought it was like, with Cam, with Stidham talent wise, I was like, eh, this is like a six and six and ten, seven and nine, maybe eight and eight team. We're lucky to get into nine and seven, and I figured Cam kind of bumped that up a game or two. So I thought we were around, going to be around ten, ten and six. So the fact that we ended up seven and nine under five hundred, nobody wants to see it. Nobody. I'm thinking about midway through the third quarter and and into the fourth quarter of this this Jets game, just three straight scores and how good we looked in that time. And it's, I really haven't seen that since I think the Seattle game is the last time we looked that good. Maybe um, Mm -hmm. I might be forgetting something, but it's been few and far between. And there's been so many lulls where we can't do a single thing and move and move the ball at all. And I just kind of feel like we are what we are. And we might even be even worse. We might even be worse than our record. That's, I felt about it. <laughs> That's definitely one way to look at it. We should introduce ourselves. We are here recording the Patriots podcast. I'm Sean here with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? We are recapping week 17 and I suppose the entire 2020 season of the New England Patriots as we move here into the next calendar year. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly what you guys said. It's like, uh, the, you look at the first half of this game against the Jets, 7-7 seven to seven at halftime. Jets come out gangbusters to start the second half, score a touchdown, and then the Pats go on a roll and put up 21 unanswered to get a two-touchdown victory. Uh, I mean, Cam Newton threw for over 200 yards for the first time in God knows how long. Yeah. Cat catches a touchdown mm-hmm. pass, runs for almost 80 yards. It's like, where was this team a month or two ago when we needed to see them? Yeah, I mean... It, you know, the Jets, the Jets are the Jets. We thought they were kind of rolling because they did win two actually good games against good opponents. So we thought maybe there was something there that this was going to be a more difficult game. And the Jets really, it, it didn't end up being a difficult game. And yeah, like you said, we, we looked good. I mean, I thought Sony Michelle ran the ball really well. I thought, you know, Cam Newton actually, you know, part of me was like, why is he looking good? Don't look good now. Don't go 21 to 30 right now. You can't look good on the last fucking game. And now they're going to want to re-sign you. Like, what are you doing? But I mean, I'm happy they went, you know, I think me and Ryan definitely disagreed on this last week. I was, I didn't care if they got the better draft status. I know Ryan wanted the better draft status. You know, I think we would have been up a couple picks, but you saw, Hey, Devin, a CSC, two catches, 39 yards. There's a tight end. I think that's the most statistics we've seen from a tight end all year, right? James White had a, his first touchdown of the year. Can you believe that? It took him this long with his first touchdown of the year. That's crazy. It's crazy. Jacoby Myers looks like he could be a quarterback for next year. Might be in the running for it. <laughs> uh, Keen had a reception. Uh, Nikhil Harry still is lackluster uh, for whatever reason. Only two receptions for 17 yards. Uh, only two targets, though. So it's like, what do you expect him to do? On that, um, defensively, they looked like they they were putting it together. You know, 
uh, it was like you said, guys said it's too little, too late. Where was this team before? We don't know kind of the trend of this year. It's just been like whenever they need to have it, they don't have it. Whenever it's like everyone's given up on them, ah, they don't have it. They'll show a little. So it's just kind of the way it's been going, you know? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of good plays from Cam. He only had nine incompletions the whole game. He took three sacks, which is, you know, not great. But um, I'm looking at Jacoby Myers had a really good game. Sony mm-hmm. Michelle running the ball looked awesome. Um, I think he's averaging like five and a half yards per carry on the season. He's really yeah. looked good every time he's been in there. Um, a CSC finally showed up and did something. I think he got targeted three times and he caught his first pass of the season. Was it his first or second? And it was a touchdown. Nice long touchdown. Caught it in his hands. Immediately dropped it in the end zone. Um, <laughs> and then jumped on it. So, uh, I mean, I don't know how much you could take out of that. Uh, I think we still need another tight end. I don't think either of, either he or Dalton Keene are the answer. Um, I'm interested to see Gunnar Olszewski more in the passing game. Because he's got this real sudden burst. Um There was one moment with six minutes left in the third quarter where, and this is the drive that uh, Myers threw to Cam on the right. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was, that was our touchdown drive, but six minutes left in the third quarter and Cam looks over at him and it's a wide receiver screen on the left flank. And there's two receivers pushing up the field against one DB and there's no one within 10 yards of Gunner. It's wide open and Cam pump fakes him. And then he, he waits two seconds. He's looking elsewhere for some reason. I don't know why he wouldn't just throw the ball. And he takes a sack. And that's just like, these are chunk plays. Like, you could get those plays. And, and I know he had a good game, but I'm, I'm just really happy I don't have to beat up on him anymore. Cam Newton. And he's <laughs> he's going to be out of here. And Well, I, I, hope, I think he's going to be out of here. And I don't mean that in a personal way. You know, he's, he had a great game. But it's a little too little too late for me. Yeah. On that area. Undoubtedly. Yeah, you, you mentioned a, a good drive. I, I can totally picture that play, and it's the classic. The Patriots have been running that play for a few years now where they do, it's in shotgun, and you got three receivers to the left, and you do a little play-action fake, and then you have one receiver go up the boundary, one runs a crossing route, uh, more of a slant, and then another guy stays at the flat. And uh, they, they've gained so much yardage off of that play, and they just could never get it to work this season. And that's a, a microcosm of... Cam Newton, where it's like when he just stands in the pocket and he doesn't feel anything. I think he ran for a touchdown a week ago when he was standing in the pocket and some dude was just crawling up his butt and then he backed into the pass rusher and then escapes and runs for a touchdown. Everyone's like, that's an incredible play from Cam Newton. I think Lewis Riddick was losing his mind in the Monday Night Football booth. And it's like, he should have been sacked. He walked into a sack. Yeah, Uh, I totally get what you mean, where it's like... It's like um, Cam, it, it was too little, too late. I, I, the, the fit wasn't there. It looked like it had a spark at the beginning of the season. COVID, he got banged up most likely throughout the year and uh, just never quite put it together. And yeah. then Adam Schefter comes out and says he's not going to be there. Schefter retracts that. Everybody refutes it. It's like, I just there's no way he's going to be part of the Patriots. I, I yeah. think from the beginning, you were just looking at it as like, we had some success in, in his first game, and we are all kind of excited. Even the first two, three weeks, teams weren't really on to what we were doing. Um, you know, they weren't jamming the box as much as they were in weeks four and on. We four, then the bye week, and then mm-hmm. on. Um, just looking at it, like, guys yep. are open. I know that it doesn't seem like that. They're not 
you know, it's not a good receiving group, but there are guys open. And you look at the pocket time and he's getting, and it's the fourth most pocket time in the NFL. It's tied for the fourth most pocket time in the NFL. Um, this receiving group has the second least drops in the NFL. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's he's got a 74.4 on target percentage. Let's just put it like this, okay? Derek Carr and and Jones from the Giants have a 78.9 and a 75.2. They're better. Um, 71 bad throws. I don't know how they figure that, but that's 20% of his throws. Uh, and that's the fourth, <laughs> fourth, fourth worst in the NFL. Um, some guys have more bad throws. Some advanced analytics, I don't know how they get those numbers. Yeah. But they throw a lot more passes. So, you know. Right. No, I agree with you. I mean, it really seems like once people figured out that, hey, Cam can't really throw a conventional pass. Like, he can, there's only, you know, we've talked about it at length. I know, Sean, you've mentioned it a bunch of times. There's only, like, a few throws that he can actually make. And, you know, a few roots uh, from the root tree that he can actually throw to. And it seems like once people figured that out, and like you said, Ryan, probably around, I don't know, week three, four, five, somewhere in that range there where people were like, oh, maybe he can't throw it. And that's where things started coming undone. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one thing I am intrigued about, you know, you say those numbers about the receivers. I'm pretty intrigued by Jacoby Myers. I know people have been like, oh, yeah, he's good, whatever. But, like, to do what he's done on this offense and really, um, you know, he's he seems like he's always open. He catches the ball well. He can do trick plays. He seems to know the playbook. I mean, the guy's got 59 receptions for 729 yards, and I think that's only in, what, like eight games? Like, he really didn't play for the first half of the season, and it's looking even more and more head-scratching every time we've seen him on the field. Like, why hasn't this dude played more and more? I mean, maybe he's not a number one, but I think he definitely could be a very legit number two. I think he's someone I'm going to be, you know, I think he's intriguing. He seems like a really good player, and for an undrafted guy to do it, it's pretty good. And like you said earlier, Sony Michelle, it's nice to see him actually do some stuff. Uh, he had a touchdown reception that went for about 30 yards this game, which we haven't seen from him. And he actually turned on some jets. And it's like, wow, who knew he had that? Uh, uncovered out of the backfield. I'm sure there's been other opportunities for him to do that. Um, out of the backfield, three receptions is pretty good. They don't usually throw to him. Uh, it seems like he really needs a guy pushing him. He Sony. doesn't. Sony. See, like, oh, yeah. as soon as Damian Harris took over and was, everyone's was like, wow, this dude can play, all of a sudden we saw Sony Michelle look more as advertised. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. if he's, you know, not first-round draft status, but this game, I mean, he put together a, a very good game. 16 carries for 76 yards, uh, three receptions for, um, you know, 60 and a touchdown. I mean, those are very solid numbers. That's what you'd, you'd like to see week in and week out. And him and Harris going into next year as long as we can keep some kind of, you know, some, a similar form of our offensive line together, depending on free agency, all that shit. Uh, that could be a pretty dynamic duo pretty, with James White coming in on third downs. I mean, I think the running backs, yeah, that's going to be a really good. That's something you could build off, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a, a strong suit of our team. Those two backs moving forward. I, I know Sony's in a contract year. Next year's his option. Um, I, I think they'll pick that up. Um, and it's what Damian Harris is averaging about 70 yards a game. So he only played what ten games. So I mean, over the course of the season, I think he, I think he's a thousand yard rusher, and I would like to see him and Sony kind of split carries, give Harris like seventy percent of the workload, and um, 
get Harris involved or get a uh, get Sony involved is kind of mm-hmm. like a, a spell for him. Uh, I think you're right about Jacoby Myers. I like him in the slot a lot, but if you're gonna run this, I don't know if this is the plan. See, I don't really know what the plan is long term for New England because you know it's it. Who who no one knows. So if you're gonna run this play action style, you do you do need some kind of deep threat because teams are gonna continue to stack the box. Look over at Tennessee. As much as they run the ball, they have two guys at least that can get down the field and at least you have to respect that so yeah we'll we'll talk more about Tennessee and their game against the Texans later on uh and some of the struggles that Corey Davis had catching the ball but um you guys definitely bring up some some good points Jacoby Myers he's a building block I mean he's definitely a building block he's he's on extremely low contract number he's got the team has protection on him where he'll become a restricted free agent before he becomes an unrestricted free agent because of that un, undrafted status. Yep. And then uh, got to disagree about Sony Michelle for the fifth year option after him being a first round pick. That fifth year option is going to come in at like $8 million. I, ju- I just can't. Oh, is it that high? It's that high. It, is it's, that next year or the year after? It's the year after. So, okay, so he's one more year next year. Yeah, he's fully guaranteed for next year. Those first the first round picks, their first four years become fully guaranteed. So there's no chance he's not going to be on the roster next year. And so pairing him with Damian Harris with both of their injury histories makes the utmost sense, especially with some of the free agents that we have elsewhere at running back. Burkhead, James White, both free agents this offseason. So I would, we're going to see some new faces. Hopefully James White comes back. Uh, but... <laughs> So much of the decision decisions that are going to have to be made on offense are, are going to be dependent on who's going to play quarterback because you have to mold an offense around the quarterback. Fitting a quarterback into the offense already puts a ceiling on your team where it's like, uh, I don't even, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example where you try to fit somebody in, like Kirk Cousins, kind of, where it's, you just like fit that dude in and that, that offense is capped out at 9-10 wins and one or two playoff wins and that's it that's that's the best you could absolutely hope for so i i think the the right move long term is to get a quarterback who's got a certain skill set and then build the rest of the offense around him but there's there's no way that that running backs like Damian Harris and then a receiver who can get open look the, there was no other receivers on this freaking team and and Jacoby Myers is open all the time. How is yeah, he still got open? You yeah. know that that whole week they're like they're gonna throw it to sixteen. They're gonna throw it to him. Yeah, and he yeah. was he was still putting up eighty yards a game. Yeah, I don't think he gets enough respect. Uh, you know, everyone shits all over our receivers constantly in the media, which is fine. I mean, I'm you know I'm not gonna completely disagree, but I think Myers from the position he came from, especially last year, you know, I think he showed hey. He can play, like you said. He's something to build build upon. He, you know, if this dude played a whole season, he would have easily broke a thousand yards. Yeah, easily. If and, he started the whole season. And nobody's saying he's a number one receiver. Nobody's saying he's Julio Jones. They're like, no, no, no. He's he's an interior receiver. You need somebody yeah. who stretches the field on the outside, who can make one on one catches. Basically, great complimentary receiver. The Fantastic. Pl- the player Nikhil Harry is supposed to be. That's exactly what they need. Yeah. Right, Mike question about this receiving group and we we have Edelman under contract next year we have Olszewski we have Myers those are three really similar type of guys um I don't know if it makes sense to have all three on the roster uh, I, I I'd be surprised if Julian Edelman is not in Tampa Bay by you know training camp next year 
if if Vegas has betting lines on this, it's got that's got to be the favorite, that team. Well, Ju- so. Julian's under contract. Is he, he not? He is. But he's he's he a big cap him, hit, and he's not a uh, he's not a huge. He doesn't have a lot of dead money, so I don't know what they're gonna do. And he's gonna be thirty five on a team that's retooling, rebuilding, restructuring. I don't even know. Right? I don't. Who even knows if he even wants to be here? Regardless of if they're like, yeah, we'll keep you long. He's probably like, fuck that. Like, you think I'm doing this again with another fucking shithead quarterback or whatever? Like, you know, and I don't know. Who knows what his attitude is going to be like? But, you know, throwing a guy like Jacoby Myers, it seems like, hey, whoever you bring in, Jacoby Myers, and be like, yeah, I need playing time. Like, I need that contract. I have, I'm making nothing. Like, he needs that. He needs to work with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly. The, uh, the lingering question I'm left with after this season is if we won, if the Patriots won – more of those close games, particularly in the first half of the season. You know, if Cam Newton punches it in from the one-yard line against the Seahawks. Any of those close games? If he doesn't, not, not any, you probably have to win all of them. I mean, they were 7-9. and nine. If mm-hmm. if he doesn't fumble against the Bills and they, they march that in for a touchdown or kick a field goal and win later in overtime, if they beat that Broncos team, you know, Nikhil Harry drops that pass, arguably a bad pass, uh, later in the game, or if they had their head out of their ass for the first half, against that Broncos team, they could be looking at 10 and 6. They could be in the playoffs by virtue of the tiebreaker over the Ravens. Uh, I mean, does that change anything? Just a couple plays here and there? Absolutely. I mean, it it doesn't change your outlook on how Cam Newton can play, but it definitely changes the outlook on, um, you know, the whole Belichick thing. Like, everyone right now is talking about this guy's falling with Belichick. Like, oh, he can't do it. He's 7 and 9, blah, blah. Like, that whole thing, you know, the talent, how talented this team is. Everyone's talking about the lack of talent, the lack of drafting and stuff we all know. I think that whole conversation is changed a little bit. It's like, yeah, we could have been better. We could have more. But like, hey, they got the playoffs. It's not that bad. They're better than fucking 16 or 18, however many, what is it? How many fucking teams make it? 18 <laughs> other teams, you know? Like, you, you're the top, you know, top 20, basically. So it's not that bad as I think where the conversation would be headed i don't think it changes anything i mean no you're 10 and 6 you're in the afc this year is not guaranteed to make the playoffs look at miami they're 10 and 6 and they didn't make the playoffs i don't know you know with these specific games i don't know how it changes things when you reshuffle it like that but um i mean indianapolis made the playoffs cleveland and tennessee those are the three teams that kind of snuck in i guess you'd say but they're 11 and 5 um they're all 11 and 5 so just going by a record I don't think it, I don't think it would be enough. And then there's certain games in there that you probably should have lost. We probably should have lost to the Jets uh, the first time we played them. Yeah. Um, we beat the Cardinals. I don't I don't know how. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I would I, say <laughs> Ryan's too jaded. I feel you. I feel you though because yeah. <laughs> that was a very cherry picked sample, and it wasn't given away any of those close games that they did win, where they were, you know. Two and three in extremely close games, in coin flip sure. games, where under my scenario they would go five and zero, oh, which is yeah. ludicrous. Well, essentially, you're saying if they made it to the playoffs, would people not be as pissed off, right? Regardless of how it happened, somehow, whatever. I'm mostly right? a- asking about the the direction of the team after the season, like basically run it back or not. And well, I'm I'm it, happy that they they didn't win those games. Oddly enough, because it would have it would have put pressure on them to run it back. Right, and they would have if if they made the playoffs, 
regardless of what they did, you know, however they made the playoffs, right? Say somehow they made the playoffs, something went different, one of these teams didn't go 11-5, whatever. You get into the playoffs, now it's not only a question of whether Cam Newton's coming back or not, it's probably likely that he does. And, you know, like we said, no one's got anything. Cam Newton seems like a great guy, but from a football standpoint, like, I don't, I don't think any of us can do it again. And I think most of Pat's nation, not everybody, but, you know, at least half of Pat's nation's like, I can't deal with this dude being our quarterback again. You know, yeah, it's it's difficult to watch, man. I mean, I hate to beat beat on it, man. You know, I'm always talking about it, but it's just like it feels like you're watching 1950s Army versus Navy. Um, yeah. We're just gonna run the hell out of the ball. I, I don't know, man. It's ugly football. So I am kind of glad. I agree with you, Sean. I am I am glad we didn't sneak into the playoffs because we just get our asses kicked this year. I'm sorry, we would just get our asses kicked. The only good team we really beat was Baltimore. Um, and they were going through some, some weird growing pains at that, at that time. They probably still are. Um, I'm just looking at some of the good teams we played as uh, the Rams, the Bills. We lost both games. Uh, not much. We really didn't be. I mean, Arizona, if you Seattle. want. They're not, are they, Arizona didn't even make the playoffs. Did they? they didn't make it. No. Nope. Kansas good. City Fuck. beat us. Uh, that game could have been a little bit different, but I don't know, man. I know. We'll I know. It's, it. it's a lot of what ifs. And, and what could have transpired differently. I, I get what you're saying about the, the 1950s Army team. The, the thing that, that frustrated me, one of the things that frustrated me about Cam was the, it he shows flashes of still being that power running guy, but then a lot of times he would shy away from contact. And I don't know how much of that has to do with contract situations or you know people being in his ear like, you're the number one quarterback. You can't be taking hits to get a first down at your own 30-yard line. So it, it, it could be coming from anywhere. But it's like either be that guy or don't be that guy. Uh, that that was a frustrating spot. Uh, before before we move on too far, I, I was just reminded of that Sony Michelle touchdown catch where he was in the right flat. Mm-hmm. Remember that Cam can't throw to the right flat. And he hit He him. almost made a perfectly he hit him perfectly in stride and, and he allowed him to get that touchdown i thought it was a good catch okay i, I thought it was a good catch i thought it was it, it was thrown a little low i was surprised sony caught it because he's dropped those balls before. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah it wasn't as bad as everything else yeah cam played well this game i mean he looked you know 21 to 30 he ran for a touchdown he I mean he he looked good it's too bad he couldn't do that more like we were saying you know and that's part of the frustration it's like there's flashes, there's spurts, there's plays where you're like, oh my God, maybe they have something. Maybe they have it. Maybe this dude's got it. And then like, and that'll be like a few plays. And then all of a sudden it's the sky's falling. Everything, you know, the whole thing's garbage. Let's, let's also not discount the fact that this, we just played against the Jets. You know, they're two and 14. Right. You know, it's not like, you know, and they, we're playing some great defense. Maybe Pittsburgh's defense, I guess, is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they the wanted to really win, not that many. Suck. Not that many great defenses, but Jets are certainly not one of them. So I don't know how much you take from that. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. And now this team moves into the offseason where we've we've been hearing relentlessly for months about all the cap space. I think it's 60, 65 million. It really depends on what the cap number turns out to be next year after you have a dip in revenue with no fans in the stadiums likely a dip in revenue because i think well, tv so contracts are stable go ahead there's supposedly a rumor that the nfl is anticipating it's going to drop so much but they don't want to do that 
they don't want it to drop based on the formula that you're talking about that it's usually based off of because they don't want so many teams would be screwed or whatever. So there, I think there's a number that they're trying to, you know, I think they're trying to settle at a number that's like really not much of a difference mm-hmm. from, the last from 2020. Yeah. From, yeah. From this past year, just there, so it doesn't fuck teams and all the, you know, the, the P the players union gets all pissed off and all that shit. There are so many teams that are like yearly over the cap or flirting with the, the cap and just <laughs> if if it went down even just a little bit, the rash of veterans that get cut would be horrendous for the players association. Yeah. I think that's what they're trying to avoid. They know that. Right. So you so you know that the, the Pats are gonna have some cap space uh by virtue of where they are in their development you're probably going to see them move on from a bunch of veterans. There's already been hints about Dante Hightower retiring. We just spoke about Julian Edelman. You never know about Marcus Cannon. He, he could retire at any point. Uh, so there, there could be even more cap space on top of that. And then they have... The 40s. You don't know about them. Devin already said he's coming back. He did. Jason's yep. gone. Jason's got a free... He's a, a free agent. And so it just becomes a question of, you know, how do you feel about Juwan Johnson? Is, is he going to play... What, uh, how cheap can you get uh, yeah, Jason for? Because they're not going to pay him a lot at all. No, no, and they haven't been. They haven't been paying him much at all. But um, the the list of free agents, I could just run down a couple a couple uh, notable ones offensively. Joe Tooney, David Andrews, James White, Rex Burkhead, Cam, uh, Demir Bird. Those are the offensive ones. Defensively, you're looking at J.C. Jackson, who's a restricted free agent. He'll get tendered either second round or first round tender i hope a first round because i want to see some money in his pocket and also nobody pick him up from us dietrich wise john simon lawrence guy adam butler jason mccordy aforementioned and then on special teams justin bethel and nick folk who had a great year so Uh, so, there's a number of people that we would like to have back and we don't i've been i've been really excited about this upcoming offseason for a long time now i'm kind of glad the season's over so we could start talking about it um i think no doubt you have to give J.C. Jackson the first-round tender. Um, he's a restricted free agent. If someone matches it, you, you get you know, your compensation, and it should be pretty high. I mean, what do you have, nine nine picks this year? It's second in the NFL. The guy's just got a magnet in his hands. You know what I mean? It's it's constantly coming to him. Yep. I think we have $51 million base salary uh, as just cap space. Um, I think there's a bunch of different moves they can make. As far as Stefan Gilmore, Julian Edelman, I can't see Marcus Cannon coming back. No. Um, I think they can get it up to like eighty million in cap space. I did the math, and there's certain guys like if Hightower retires, which I mean, people are that's what people are saying. I don't know if there's any truth to that. Um, you do have a ton of holes on this team, and it's not just you're good at certain positions, but you're old at them. You know, so there's a lot of work to do as far as right. interior defensive line. Um, oh yeah, speaking of which, you're tight leaving, end. If you don't bring guy back and you or Adam Butler, you have no D tackles. Oh like, yeah, like one. I could see Wise coming back on like a, you know, I'd love, year, but I'd love to get guy back. He's been such a good player, and Butler I don't think would be that expensive. Butler's a lot younger. I think Butler's 26, yeah. and guy is what like 32. I want to say his, off top of my head. 30s, yeah. Um, yeah. but there's certain guys just like cutting them clears so much money. Marcus Cannon really sticks out. I think it's almost $9 million and yeah, it's only like a $2 million back. cap hit. So Lawrence guys, our age or my age, 
1990. Yeah, I don't even talk. I'm older than all these guys. I think <laughs> Julie, I'm same old. same age as Julian Edelman. I think. <laughs> so funny. This this week I had a uh, actually today. <clears throat> excuse me. I I had a, a moment where I was watching a clip of Jalen Brown and he's just Jalen Brown who plays for the Celtics is just like one of the smartest people you can listen to from a from a professional athlete. And I was looking at him like. I freaking admire this dude, and he's like 24. <laughs> like looking yeah, at this yeah. dude who was born it's six years, seven years after me, and I'm like, man, if I could only be like him. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Gilmore really. Uh, I'm sorry to go off topic a little bit. Stefan Gilmore really sticks out to me as like, what are you gonna do with this guy? I mean, you have to move him, right? I would think he's got so. a 16 million dollar cap number. He's what 30, 31. I, I mean, People I'd be surprised if they him. keep him. I would. You know, yeah, yeah. They're they unfortunately so much money. Unfortunately, they'll be trading him from a a position of weakness for a team that that looks like they're rebuilding, looks like they're trying to generate draft capital, and a guy that's coming off an injury, which stinks. But you're probably looking at a third round pick for a guy oh, who, who who next season is going to be really good. I mean, it, as long as the recovery goes right, he's going to be really good next year. But what they're thinking about is what's he going to be two years from now? What's he going to be three years from now? Hopefully they can mm-hmm. trade him for players instead of picks. Got a couple, couple of nobodies that someone ends up being good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I, be sad to see Folk go as well. I know we signed Rohrwasser and Aguayu. Um, is Rohrwasser still even in the league? Yeah, we signed him. We, uh, I think we signed him off the practice squad. Him and Roberto, I don't know if it's Robert or Roberto Aguayo. He went to, I think he went to Florida State, and he was like a second round pick of the Bucks. Hmm. Um, so him and Rohrwasser there can, you know, kick it out and see who, who makes the team. But I'll be sad to see Folk go. He could get paid. He could get paid. I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's older. He doesn't have quite the range, but yeah, he had an unbelievable season. Far, far better than we could have ever expected. I, I totally agree about Lawrence Guy, Larry Guy, my dude. Uh, if you're going to bring in, and I fully expect their first round pick to be an interior defensive lineman. And, I would think so at this point. And probably they're going to spend multiple draft picks at that position, given the shit show that it was this season. Are you just going to like throw in a bunch of twenty-two-year-olds, or do you want that thirty-year-old to be working next to him? I think you. I think you really need Larry Guy to be there to guide these dudes, or someone like him if you, you know, a, a veteran, a, a solid starting veteran. Yeah, but how much better would it be to be a veteran who's been in the system and won Super Bowls? Oh, I mean, I'd I'd love Lawrence Guy. I just don't know what his price tag is going to be because he is a good player. I mean, someone like him goes a little under the radar, but I mean, I would hope you can get away with him between five and seven, eight million a year. Yeah, he's only been making four for the last four years. He signed a sixteen over four contract coming over from the Ravens. I think it would uh, go up a little bit, maybe. It's got to it's got to go up a little bit, but working in the Patriots' favor is that stagnant salary cap potentially decreasing and uh, the, the lack right. of salary cap space around the league. Joe Tooney is a big question mark. David Andrews is a question mark. I would like to have both of those guys back in an ideal world. Tooney's going to be making about four times as much money as David Andrews, most likely. <laughs> uh but so that might make the decision for the Patriots where they go, OK, we'll we'll bring back Andrews and then we'll try to move Michael on to left guard. Try to see if he can play absolutely every single offensive line position. Seems like well, that's, his, that's his natural position, isn't it? Is left a guard. That's where they drafted him as. Yeah. No way. Really? I didn't know. that. Yeah. He's a beast, dude. That was like He's one of their player. best draft picks in a long time. Yeah. yeah. 
fantastic. He's very good. I would take Demir Bird back, uh, but I would prefer an upgrade at that X position. You know that that field stretcher. I think you you could get somebody pretty decent, and then I'd really like them to make a splash at a a flanker at at a number one wide receiver. You know, you guys know how much I love Allen Robinson. There's a number of those guys oh, yeah. that are out there on the market, but once Godwin. once again Godwin. that it goes. That's the thing with Julian Edelman is if Chris Godwin leaves Tampa, that opens the door wide for Edelman in Tampa. I'd be surprised if Tampa lets him go, but that would be such a sick pickup for us. I think, I mean, an ideal world, I would love if uh, the kid from Florida, the tight end, Pitts, dropped to us at 15. I don't think there's going to be a quarterback that's worthy of being taken at 15. You know, sometimes we see people reach for them. The kid from Alabama, everyone's talking about is moving up draft boards, uh, Mac Jones. Throws a beautiful deep ball, but I don't really see much else in the line of, you know, just dynamic quarterback play. Um, I would love for us to spend some money on a wide receiver because we clearly can't draft one. Um, Pitts is the most dynamic tight end I think I think I may have ever seen coming out of college. Like, he's that good. If you look at his numbers, it's insane. It's Eric Ebron with more speed and just feel for the game. They don't do anything else in Florida but throw to that guy. He's unbelievable. Yeah, he's a oh. phenomenal receiver. Doesn't block worth a lick, which is going to be a sticking point with the Patriots' evaluation. Yeah, well, maybe they're getting – I've heard a report that they're kind of getting out of their very rigid player uh, attributes that they're looking for. Uh, there's been several reports that Bill is finally thinking maybe he's got – you know, because we've been talking about it for a long time how Bill – finds players that fit a very specific need in certain roles on his team. Like, that's kind of what he's looking for. There's been a report that he thinks maybe that's gone too far and that he's going to draw back a little bit and do what he did when he first got here was just look for good football players who want to play on the field. Yeah, I so, certainly hope so. That'd be you just drafted just drafted two tight ends in what, the, the second and third round or was yeah, it third and third, fourth? Both third rounds. Both, both third, third round picks. And they or caught third, three. Third, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, both third round. Third. Th- whatever it was. It, what was it, three? Three catches all year or something like that? Out of two <laughs> I think guys, it was like five. Talking, I think it was like I mean, five. <laughs> like Christ, that changes things. Yeah, no, I'm this kidding. This kid can't block? Who gives a shit? Those other two guys you got, th- let them block and let this kid get open. Literally, know? literally. Um, like, what did the blocking tight ends do for you this year? Not much. Yeah. Go uh, out and get yourself a number one wide receiver. But the big question here, really, quarterback. is quarterback. You know, so and, Here's something for you. Now, we haven't mentioned it. Nick Cesario just went to Houston. As we said, you know, he got bought. He, he finally signed the contract. A little weird that he went to Houston after the Patriots blocked him last year, and he's been looking to go there. Nobody likes Jack Easterby. He's going to work for that fucking weirdo. Uh, so a few things. We can talk more about the Casario thing and how that affects things. But today there was also a, a rumor that Deshaun Watson's going around the facility telling people that he wants to trade. He wants out. What are the odds he gets to the Patriots? This is, is part it- of this is part of that agreement. It's Belichick got a call from Jack Easterby that said, I want Nick Casario. And Belichick goes, okay, but as soon as he goes there, you're sending me Deshaun Watson for a seventh-round pick. Yeah, seventh-round pick. Okay. <laughs> the Texans do not make good trades. Uh, that Laramie Tunsil deal sticks out. Um, what the DeAndre Hopkins wants. Oh, my God. Just terrible trades. I would love Deshaun Watson. I think on a good team, I mean, that team has nothing on defense. On a good team... 
he should have been in the MVP race this year. There's no Easily. reason he shouldn't have been in the MVP race. He had an unbelievable season. You look at some of these other quarterbacks in the league, and they had bad games. Rodgers had a couple bad games. Um, look at Deshaun Watson's game logs. He did not have one bad game all year. He's an incredible yeah. player. So I, w- I would love him, but yeah. it seems a little far-fetched, right? I, I know we, we all would. Uh, I'm going to put some water on that fire. Deshaun Watson's dead cap number, if he gets traded, $67 million. <laughs> For a, one year? Yeah, that's that's hmm. the dead cap number if he gets traded. If he gets traded after June 1, then you can stretch that over two cap years. But that's still a third. That's the top two dead cap numbers in NFL history for two years. Is Carson Wentz? Is Carson Wentz the other? Car- no, Carson doesn't have a dead cap number because he hasn't been traded yet. But the, the, okay. the number one dead cap number in NFL history was what the Steelers took when they traded Antonio Brown to the Raiders. And that's like 21 million. Right, right. And so even if you split his number over two seasons, those two seasons become number one and number two. Gotcha. I guess they're tied for number one. But yeah, I know it, Brandon, Brandon Cooks had a big dead cap number. I can't remember who took it on. It might have been us. Um, I think it was like 13 million. It's a it's, lot. You it's, know? A, it's a lot. The tra- the team that does the trade, that trades the player away, accelerates the cap number. So mm-hmm. it's it's all those guarantees get in get onto that that year's cap. Yeah, I mean that that would be <laughs> that'd be fantastic if we could get a legitimate star receiver. Like, I mean, star quarterback like that. Un- unlikely to play out that way. Uh, I I do have some confidence that Belichick could pull something off the way he did going from 2000 to 2001 where he brings in like 10 veterans at at medium cap numbers that's always been yeah. his his thing and just seems like if you got the cap space right now you could do that i just don't know who's captaining the ship is it jimmy garoppolo i mean san fran seems so lukewarm about jimmy garoppolo it's crazy yeah it makes a lot him. of sense shanahan doesn't like him his dead cap money's like nothing it's like 2.8 million dollars yeah, if they were going to get rid of him, it's this year. Yeah, and then, I mean, Stafford and Ryan, I think they're both a year away from really having, you know, a small hit as far as the dead cap money, and everybody's been talking about them. Carson Wentz is my worst-case scenario. I hate that. No, <laughs> um, I don't think he can. I, I can't even. No, he's not coming. He's got a bad contract. It's not too bad if you trade for him, but it's it's all on Philly. They're paying so much money as far as uh, dead cap Um so it's a bad move for them, depending on what they get back. But he's a bad player. He's a terrible teammate by all accounts. People say he's selfish. Um, he doesn't give a shit about anyone but himself. Um, he plays favorites with wide receivers. Just he sucks too. You know, he's with through terrible. fifteen interceptions. He leads the league. He hasn't played in weeks. Um, terrible player. So I, I'm all set with that. Same. Nobody wants him. Yeah. And. You know, outside of those guys, there's not that many established quarterback prospects. So that that's when you tend to look into the draft. Um, we have all off season to talk about all the machinations and what what could happen, all the permutations of the different choices the Patriots can make. Uh, let's let's go back to what happened week 17 around the NFL, and then look look ahead to Wild Card Weekend. This this weekend, Buffalo goes in with their B squad. Not goes in. I mean, they were playing at home. But the, the Dolphins needing a win, a win and they're in. 
and they get blown out by like 30 points to the Bills who have nothing to play for. I mean, yeah. what does that say about the mm-hmm. Dolphins? Well, I'd if say more thinking, about the Bills. Yeah, the Bills are good. But damn if, good. If, if you were thinking Brian Flores is, is coach of the year, I know a lot of people were, you might want to put that in your hat because they needed to win that game and they didn't show up against Josh Allen the first half, but Matt Barkley the second half. And yeah, wow. I mean, the game was over by halftime anyway. Mm-hmm. It just kept that score just kept going up. The uh, the Titans in a similar situation where they needed to beat the Texans to wrap up the division and a home playoff game, and they just get pushed to the absolute edge against the Texans. Derrick Henry has a great game, goes over two thousand yards on the season. One of very few players in NFL history, I think six or seven oh, guys. He did? Yeah, he went over two thousand. Wow, I didn't see that. That's awesome. I think twenty twenty seven was his his final total, which puts him at like. Third or fourth all time. Probably seventeen. Fourth. Seventeen touchdowns as well. Yeah. Beast. Beast. But the the Titans give up thirty eight points to the Texans. It's like all all those glaring holes are still there for the Titans and and yet people are still picking them to win a game. I I guess they're gonna be playing at home in the playoffs, but I mean that that Titans defense is just so horrible. It's hard to have any confidence about that team. It's a fun team to watch though, because if they don't get down early they run the ball and they play action and it's a lot of fun to watch if if they can involve derrick henry in the game it's so fun to watch um i think the last play of the game was just a bomb to aj brown he caught it over shoulder unbelievable catch yeah and then they go to they go to kick a field goal and it clangs in off the uh off the upright and just barely squeaks in i thought it was i thought it was no good um that was a crazy game. Really bad defense. Yeah, I was I was losing my mind at the end of that game. The, the Texans go in and tie it up with like I think thirty seconds to go, and the Titans don't have the Titans had like one timeout maybe, and the Titans are able to throw a fifty-two yard pass from their own twenty-five to put yeah. go immediately into f- field goal range, and I'm like, That's how how is AJ Brown w- single covered? Corey Davis can't can't catch a ball all game. I mean, if if you you could just put on like a YouTube clip of it, and he dropped at least four balls in that game, and the and the announcers felt bad for him. I was listening to him. They're like, uh, "It's hard to put that one on Corey Davis. That would have been a tough catch." But I mean, after what he's shown today, it's it's, it's been pretty bad. But then you have single coverage on AJ Brown with thirty seconds to go. It's like, what are you doing? Just get into overtime. Double cover that dude. Put four safeties out there. I don't care. But immediately mm-hmm. they do that. The guy hits the first kick. They turns out they iced him, and then he goes in for the second kick. This is a dude they signed off the street because Goskowski is COVID or is is quarantined, whatever it was. Uh, he clangs at home, and they walk off with a win. Like, yay, we made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. it's unbelievable. Um, back to Corey Davis, man. I, I, he's a free agent, and he's one of these guys like. What's our problem? I guess with our wide receivers, everyone says, oh, they can't get open. Corey Davis is always open. You know, that guy has no problem getting open. If he He's has better hands. great games. Yeah. And he was a high here. pick. I want to say he went to like Central Michigan, something, either, something weird like that. Yeah, either Central or Western Michigan. I can't remember which. Yeah. But, yeah, he's he's got all the talent in the world. And I was watching him run routes. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy runs incredible routes. He's 6'3", 225. <sighs> Just pull the ball in. Which is weird because mm-hmm. when he was in college, he was immediately passed for this. But he had briefly the record for most catches in NCAA history. It's like, wow, yeah, he got Crazy. beaten by Zay Jones like a, a game later. 
Oh wow. Zay Jones beat him, but Zay uh, uh it's a Bill, right? For a little bit. He was with the Bills and that now he's with the Raiders. He played at Eastern Carolina. Uh but Corey Davis tremendous tremendous talent. He he would be a reclamation project. An- another guy that God damn it, Nikhil Harry. But uh <laughs> moving moving on from the Titans game, the the Bears back into the playoffs, they get swamped by the Packers Yo. in a game the Packers had to win to secure the first seed in the NFC, uh, but fortunately for Trubisky and, and the Bear crew, Kyler Murray gets knocked out of the game in the first half uh, where the Cardinals were playing against the Rams and wasn't able to come back in and lead them to a win. So the Cardinals lose, Bears get in despite the loss, and now you got the Bears playing against the Saints next week. If this game was in Chicago, I would think the Bears have a chance, but it's in New Orleans, so I'm going to say no. I don't know, dude. New Orleans are a hell of a choke artist. They should win, but I don't know what's going on with quarterback there. I mean, it, it would be typical fashion for New Orleans to be one of the top seeds in the NFL and lose to the 8-8 eight eight Bears. Typical. I would imagine the Saints would, would win that game, but I just I just don't know right now. They're looking kind of shaky. A little we'll shaky. See. A little shaky. They, they won pretty handily this week, but that, that wasn't that yeah. impressive. The, the last, I guess, sequence of games... For uh, for week seventeen, NFC East has been a train wreck all season. The the G Men go into Dallas, beat them after some questionable decisions by Mike McCarthy, uh, lauded lauded incredible coach by JJ. Hey, <laughs> eh? yeah, that's sarcasm. Mike McCarthy, that's oh, sarcasm. God, I was gonna say, Jesus <laughs> Christ, when the fuck have I said that guy's a good coach? Thought I laid it out like pretty thick six years ago. No, you used to say that he looks like the face of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Oh my god. That's, the Wade Phillips face. That's it's like nothing the hook yeah, headsets hooked up to nothing. <laughs> dead microphone, dead air. <laughs> it's just I love the those Wade Phillips jokes about his his microphone I mean his his headset was just plugged in and it was switched on to the static channel and it's just Yeah <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. BBC's uh, coming through his headset. So the, the G-Men take over Dallas, which gives them the inside track in the NFC East, as long as the Eagles are able to beat the football team, which looked like a possibility. The Eagles were down three points in the third quarter. They had the ball inside the five-yard line. They wind up in a fourth and goal from like the four-yard line. Once again, down three points. Uh, they decide mm-hmm. to go for it on fourth and goal from the four-yard line. Down yeah, three ridiculous. points. Down three. Yeah. You have a chance to tie it up. And they <laughs> obviously they, they don't convert and then immediately pull out their quarterback. So what were they thinking? Yeah, pulled hey. out their quarterback that scored that scored all their points uh, yeah. scrambling. I know he wasn't having a good game at the time, but to take him out and, and then put in Nate Sudfeld, I could understand if you had like a change of pace guy like Nate Sudfeld's honestly terrible. Took a bunch of sacks, he's throwing picks. I don't I don't the team understand was that. No. Apparently, a couple clearly... of linemen went up to Peterson and was like, "What the? why'd you take him out? There's a couple defenders that were like, apparently had to be held back after it the was game. Clear. Yeah, it was clearly tanking because having lost that game, they moved up from, I think, the number nine seed um, as far as NFL draft. They moved from the number nine to the number six. Mm-hmm. There was no reason to do that. And not only did, I, I mean... Hey, Karma usually gets those teams too. Karma, you know, you've seen these teams that fucking tank all the time, and especially in the NFL, I feel like it always bites them in the ass. 
like something goes wrong, you end up drafting the wrong players, and it, it, the football gods are like, no, 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 and you get screwed. So I hope the Eagles get screwed. I hope they suck forever, and they never have a good football team again because of this. So there you oh, go. And they have no cap space. I mean, I don't know what the hell they're going to do with their team. They got- Peterson should get fired. He's a complete path- – it just shows that Frank Reich was their whole fucking coaching staff when he was there when they made that Super Bowl run, and Peterson is just a moron. Yeah, like we all thought. situation is a mess. They took Hertz in the second round. Is is he a quarterback? I don't. I don't really think so. Carson Wentz. They have a ton of ton of money and uh, capital in, invested in him, and he he wants a trade, and he's terrible. Um, I don't know where they go. They have no linebackers, by the way. If you if you look at that defense, I've never heard of those guys, and I watch a lot of college football. They're fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, Doug Doug Peterson is should be on the chopping block. He's just throwing everybody under the bus i mean jim schwartz resigned he's he's been the best person in that coaching staff since frank reich left yeah uh peterson's like it he he's saying you know he benches carson wentz and so it's it's wentz's fault he can fix this he being doug peterson uh doesn't do it jalen hurts his ceiling is so low as a quarterback i mean just just think about his trajectory in college he wins a national championship as a freshman quarterback Mm mm-hmm at Alabama, his whole strength is, you know, I'm calm under pressure. He's he's very uh, mature dude, and he's physically very capable. He can run with the ball. He can take hits, all that stuff. But he never showed any growth at Alabama, and that's why he got benched and ultimately had to transfer. And yeah, maybe he he showed some growth as a passer in the wide open Big Twelve, being coached by Lincoln Riley. But there, he's just I just can't see him developing as a passer. So he's not the long-term answer. Doug Peterson has shown that that he can't fix Carson Wentz. So you're you're stuck with this albatross John Wall type contract. I mean, what? I, there's nothing to do. Do do they think that though? I mean, the book on Jalen Hurts was obvious coming out of college. Like this is oh, yeah. this is kind of what he is. And yeah, they took him in the second round. Like they committed to him. That's that was that's a not high like pick. that was a high pick. Yeah, one. that's a high pick. That's not like a late pick. And I just look at this Eagles team and outside of the tight ends and the, and you work inside out offensive line of the tight end after you get outside of that on the offense there's nothing and then defensively same thing defensive line is good everything else is just garbage dog shit dog shit i mean they have they're in a terrible spot and they have no cap space so it we'll see it it might be the worst outlook for just about any team in the league and philly fan deserves it because philly fans the worst fan i've been there it's a (laughs) fucking shithole people are assholes dude i thought i was gonna die there man it was unbelievable. I feel like there's a Sorry. story behind that. Well, there is. <laughs> okay, so looking ahead to Wild Card Weekend here, we got six games for the first time in NFL history. Six games for yeah. Wild Card Weekend. Fantastic. You know, interesting. I was wondering why, you know, obviously they want more revenue, they want more games, but I was like, why the fuck do they want one more game of each, you know, in a, seven teams from uh, each conference? And you look at this fucking schedule, and that's why. It's like they want they wanted a game at 1, 4, and 8 on Saturday and Sunday. Some asshole in that building was like, we need this. And I don't know about any of you guys. I can't watch football for fucking all day Saturday and Sunday. I mean, I want to. But like, oh, yeah, I got shit to do. I got a life. Like, who can watch yeah. all these fucking games? And then, on top of it, the pricks put the Indianapolis Colts at Buffalo at 1, which is arguably the best game of the weekend. They put it on one at on Saturday, which is the hardest time, probably going to get the lowest ratings by far. 
and that's what they chose the best game. Smallest markets. Uh, you're right. That's what it is. That's Fuck it. them. That's the best game. Yeah. I feel bad for uh, Cleveland. I think this is the best. Uh, this is the best record they've had with a with a rookie head coach since uh, like the fucking '60s. I want to say. Jeez. Like way far back, and um, he's got COVID, and he's not going to be there. And then their left their left guard is their longest tenured player, and he's not going to be there. Because of COVID, dude, they're getting screwed yeah. from COVID. I'm surprised the NFL is going to play a playoff game with teams that are like ravaged by COVID. This was the fear, right, coming into the season, like, yeah, oh, especially with, when it comes to playoffs. Like, what if I have Mahomes, you know, and he's not available, and I have to go with uh, who's the backup there? Uh, he played last week. I forget his name. Is it Chad Henney? Chad Henney, yeah, totally predictable. Chad Henney. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. That was the question I wanted to ask. What do you think is the best game of this weekend? I think it's Ravens Tennessee. Uh, I don't know. I really like Indianapolis Buffalo. I thought that was just a just a good matchup. I think it's a cool matchup. I don't get to see a lot of Indianapolis too. LA at Seattle is pretty cool. That's a that's a fun game. That's always kind of a low scoring, um, kind of a slugfest, right? LA yeah. and, LA and Seattle. Absolutely. Um, you might be Goff right about might... Baltimore Tennessee though because it. It's a rematch of last year, and right. Baltimore's got a lot to prove from that, right? Right. Goff's got a broken thumb. He might not play. Um, right. So probably oh, helps Jesus. them. They'll probably win now. <laughs> I, I heard they have a Wolford is their backup quarterback. He's a he's like a financial advisor, isn't yeah. he? He worked on Wall Street for for a while. For him, unreal man. He's an so analyst. If that's sounds like I our think buddy it's going to come right down to the wire too. That's what they said about uh, Goff's thumb. If he can't, he can't go, he won't be able to throw, dude. He's questionable right now. He won't. He, whether he plays or not, he will not be able to. Yep, most likely. Th- those teams always play it close. That is my pick for the the upset special of the weekend: Rams over Seahawks. Seahawks have just been dragging their feet for two months now. Yeah, yeah, it's not been good. Um, I mean, if Wolford starts, though, I, I think I have to go Seattle in that one. I thought Wol- Wolford played good in the second half. I know it seems ludicrous. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it seems um, dumb. Colts Bills. Colts Bills is kind of an interesting game, don't you think? Yeah, that's. I think that's the best game. That's an awesome game. It's a great game. Yeah. I'm pissed it's at one. So mad. It's at one o'clock. I wish the Chicago New Orleans game was one o'clock on Saturday instead of that. Yeah, you just skip it. Exactly. No one gives a shit about that game. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's. Adding two and two extra playoff teams, it's two fan bases that get to experience the playoffs, and also you get another edition of Sunday Night Football, which is the highest rated show on TV and has been since its inception 15 years ago. So that's what they want. It makes sense. It's the whole reason that you know COVID didn't derail the season one iota. I know it's crazy. It How much it- do you think it hurts the Browns not having Stefanski there? Well, I think it, they're, they're getting crushed. Right? They're gonna. That is the Pittsburgh is laughing all the way to the game. They're like, ah, they've gotten some easy breaks, and you can't. I don't think there's been an easier break for any team ever going into the playoffs than the Pittsburgh Steelers have right now because yeah. so That's many guys brutal. are out for COVID. It's just a brutal loss, man. Imagine losing, sucking for that long, never making the playoffs. You finally make the playoffs. Your head coach is out, and I think Batonio's <laughs> unbelievable left guard. Um, that's one of the better offensive lines in the league. That's a really good offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. Man, that hurts. 
Kevin Stefanski you know? is he's the odds on favorite for coach of the year and he's your offensive play caller and he's the number one difference between the 2019 Browns and the 2020 Browns the team Literally. that was a shit show and the team that made the playoffs and so you're losing all of that all of that I mean who, who the hell's calling the offensive plays it's there's so much that, that well and also on up. top on top of that too there's got to be other guys that they're missing from COVID coaching on the coaching staff too just from uh tracing contact tracing like there's gotta be i don't know who but he's not their only coaching staff boss so they, you would think so you would think so it's gonna right. be like detroit where they had to fucking have their like receivers coach be the head coach for the game because they literally well, had he, no other coaches wasn't it like two weeks ago that they had to replace their whole wide receiver core and and yeah that was the have, browns the uh, browns this whole last three weeks have just been getting fisted by covid <laughs> and nobody cares <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, too bad. I know I saw a stat today. I know I'm kind of switching gears a little bit. Ravens, Titans, um, Marlon Humphrey, the corner, has eight forced fumbles on well, the year. He's a good player. In 15 games. Kids Is that player. sick? I've never, I, I, I've never heard that from a corner. From that's a corner. A, that's impressive from a cornerback because Stephon Gilmore has been really good at that, and he's never even come close. That's he's like one of the better players I've seen at doing that. That's incredible for a linebacker. You know? That's oh, why, yeah. That's why he wears 44. Eight? Yeah, it's pretty nuts. <laughs> Good for him. I'm sure he made the Pro Bowl over J.C. Jackson, even though he was leading the NFL in interceptions for a good chunk of the year. Yeah. Uh, just little things. Pro Bowl, it's all about It's all about reputation and draft stock and all that good goodness. Um, well, yeah. I think th- that will do it for our Week 17 edition of the, the Patriots podcast here, but... Thank you all for listening. I, I hope you got some enjoyment out of the show and the and the Patriots 2020 season. And we, we certainly appreciate you guys all listening, guys and gals. And uh, enjoy wildcard weekend, the longest we're going to have we've had so far. And we'll be back to go over everything Patriots this offseason and talk about the playoffs throughout. So thank you all, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Adios.